Hello and welcome to another episode of BJJ's Board Game Alliance. We are on number 106, and I am your host, Joey, vicariously vying to valiantly yet vainly for vamp for Vicky D's. Vicky D's? What? For Vicky, (laughs) comma, D's. Wow, I got you all over the place, baby. Dang it. He wins. I lose. I did so pretty good yesterday, (laughs) our last episode. Oh, guys. How are you doing today? Of course, with me, Josh Utley of the Omega Gamers. Hey, how's it going? And Sean Epperson, the man who will torture me till the end of time from Pink 12 Games. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. And, of course, Vicky Bristol, unfortunately, is on assignment. But, Josh, where can the lovely gamers get a hold of us? Oh, I just go to BGA. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Go to BJGeekNation.com for all the podcast, blogs, interviews, videos, links, and more. More! Also, search Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, or go to odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Well, we have been off for uh, a couple weeks, and I think there's a good reason why. And I bet you all can guess, because the month of August is filled with something we know and love. <laughs> That's conventions. Cons, 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 and cons. Cons, 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 cons. cons. We were in space fighting Star Trek enemies? Wow, yes. One, well, one enemy. Oh, yeah. One very powerful enemy. <laughs> Con! No, but previously on some of our uh, earlier podcasts, we had talked about all the cons that you guys and us, and me, sometimes, maybe not, I might have missed out on some stuff. <laughs> I was in Chicago for a week. I was doing a little gaming. You went to a con of yourself. I did. Wait, I did go to a con. It was called Game Con, or should I say, Joy Gets Drunk Con. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but we did talk about, of course, PAX and ECCC, and I believe Dragonflight was the other yeah. one. Yeah, three cons, back one to month, back to back, yep. back to back to back. Craziness. And you guys did some gaming. Well, what? Which, okay, let's let's go with an easy question first. What was your favorite con and why? Of the three, wow, what it's was a my tough one. Con. Hmm. Uh. I'm going to go ECCC. Really? Ooh. Yeah, I bought way too much art. We do not need to speak of the amount of money in art and now frames. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of board gaming in the Zulu's area. I got to love the Zulu's area. Zulu's area. Shout out to Zulu's, our, one of our local uh, uh, board game shops around here that does great work. Glad to hear that you got to do some gaming with them. Was, our, was my favorite man Ethan over there? Oh, yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. We got to torture Ethan. I mean, game with Ethan. Oh, yeah, it's good. Good. <laughs> he survived then. <laughs> yes. Good. You never know. What about you, Sean? Uh, I, I'm i going to say Dragonflight. Ooh, okay. Because, I mean, I, I was there, you know, schlepping our uh, Thing 12 stuff, but um, I got to meet a lot of really cool gamers. I got to hang out with some of my buddies in the, in the booth, and uh, we did some gaming afterwards. Like, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, kind of getting to do the whole con thing again. We're just going to let slapping my thing 12 go around. <laughs> yes, we are. Slapping. It's a new, uh, was it an adjective? Is yes. A, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that sounds like a ton of fun. Um, how was the attendance? I know that this is uh, post-pandemic, and it's one of the first uh, busy months we've had since almost 2019, I think. And uh, there was a little worry, but I did see a lot of great photos you guys posted, and it seemed like it was still pretty busy. I would say for ECCC, I don't have official numbers on any of these. I would say they were probably sitting around 70%. That's not of, bad of at all. Pre-pandemic. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like, pre-pandemic, you could barely get yourself in there. I mean, it was a sardine, you know, yeah. <laughs> factory, essentially. Well, one good metric is badges were available for purchase at ECCC 
every day and at PAX every day. Oh, okay. Good. So PAX sells out like day one. Normally, PAX yeah. is sold out 20 minutes in from ticket sales. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. And then how about the other ones? They were about the same. About the like, same? Dragonflight was definitely was down from, like, pre-pandemic, but up from what I would expect. <laughs> from 2020. <laughs> yeah. And they were actually in an interesting position because they their con was originally supposed to be the same weekend as PAX, which is kind of a beating. Yeah. People are going to have to choose which one they go to. So uh, they were able to talk to the hotel and move their con up one week. So that's why they were kind of sandwiched in between uh, Comic-Con and PAX. But people were still there. There was... A significant amount of people, you know, attending and having fun and gaming and all that kind of stuff. And for PAX West, the after hours, the board game free play area, this is the biggest non-virtual board gaming area they've ever given us. Yeah. Oh, okay. The entire sure. sixth floor. And during board gaming, it filled up to, really? to the point yeah. where they had to overflow into the magic tournament areas that weren't being used. Wow. So the after hours was crowded for board gaming. That's so. awesome. So board games are back again. Well, I mean, they never really left, but they, they're back in person. Well, I think it's people like, you know, once the show floor closed down, or like, we still want to hang out and do something. Let's go up and play board games together. And they had a massive library of games you could check out. And, you know, there was a first look. And, like, so there was all kinds of cool stuff for people to do. Yeah, and that was wild the first time I went with you guys to Vegas was the board game library where it was almost its entire wall. Well, <laughs> yes. the, the Dice Tower library is fairly unparalleled. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to learn that uh, firsthand experience. Quite entertaining. Got to admit, I was surprised how many people brought their own games, too. I assume you guys did. Probably had some I stuff you wanted to do. <laughs> what you talking about? I only had two giant bags full. Two? I had a giant coat full. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about that. At PAX, Sean. <laughs> Sean's not one you travel with because he uses his... Uh, Clothing as a, another carry-on form of luggage. Ah, many pockets. Uh, yes. Or just slice the coat open and just stuff My it. My body's oh. a receptacle for games. <laughs> <laughs> Don't – you want to be ahead of Sean in security. Got it, got it. If you're behind him, you get to watch a person disrobe and explain all the board games inside of his coat jacket. No, officer, that's not cash. That's a meeple. <laughs> so what did you guys get to play? What was fun? What excited you? Jeez. Uh, I get to play a number of games of uh, First Empires. Uh, First Empires by Sandcastle Games. It's a civ building game, which are typically like two to three hour games or massive and huge. This one you can play in like 45 to 60 minutes. How can you build your own civilization in 45 minutes, Sean? Well, what they do is there's actually a board that you've got meeples out on and you're going up these tracks by rolling dice and you're using the base of the dice to determine uh, what your what tracks you're going to go up. Are you going to increase your civilization? Are you going to have extra movement? Are you going to um, increase the number of dice you get to roll or the number of re-rolls you get? Um, there's a lot of different ways that they manage the whole like dice rolling element. There's cards that give you uh, abilities to be able to like score points by uh, being in a certain spot or me- meeting a certain condition, but you can chuck your cards to actually change to the exact die face that you want. Ooh, okay. So really great, you know, dice management system. And another thing that's really was really different to a Civ game is that when you go into a, a space and you attack someone, you basically just have to have more people there than they do, and they don't lose their people. Their people just go to a spot where their people already exist. This is a peaceful combat system. It is. And so it's it's not necessarily a bad thing when someone comes in and goes, okay, I'm, I'm kicking your guys out of the spot. Right? 
great, well, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to uh, refortify these spots. And now the person that was thinking, oh, I'm going to go attack this base because there's one person and suddenly goes, oh, no, there's now four. Oh, great. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't attack that anymore. My plans have been foiled. Uh, yes. <laughs> foiled? Foiled? That's thwarted and foiled put together. I thought that game was great. Not just because I won every time I played. <laughs> Sean, I, I, I've rant. never won this game. You've <laughs> never won? You let Josh win every time? He's always won. Yeah. <sighs> Josh, tell me, how do you win these games? Luck. Luck. <laughs> lots and lots of luck. I love luck. <laughs> Playing with people that are terrible. How about that? <laughs> See, in those games, I just get all the dice. That's why I say I don't want to re-roll them. I don't want to change any faces. I want all of them. <laughs> Well, the reason Sean doesn't do great at that game is because there is attacking, but it's so light because you don't actually lose people. They, they just go away and they're back to their area. So I don't think it's aggressive enough for Sean. Oh, I don't think I he blood. gets into it the way he does <laughs> other, like, oh, I've just decimated your whole game. Good luck with that. Yes. Well, playing Zai with Sean, I can tell you, he tries to attack and he generally flies <laughs> into <Fails>. the sun. <laughs> hey, what a great segue. Oh we also played Zaya. at oh, PAX. Oh, yes, you did. I love it. Oh, one of my favorite games. We played a 20-point game and I was having a game of game. I could have been a God, in that game. <laughs> I rolled, I was on my fourth or fifth natural 20. Wow. Yeah. I was racking up points left and right, and then I flew a little too close to the You Icarus? <laughs> I had my board loaded. I had cubes to trade in for points. I had relics to go to the kiln and get points. I had three or four missions loaded with money, just had to go drop them off and get points. And I was just I, I got greedy, and I had to get through this barrier. I could have just stopped and gave it a turn. There was plenty of rounds left. Oh, yeah. But I felt like if I didn't do it all right now, and I damaged my own ship with over 20 points of damage because I had all this armor so I could take it. But and all I did was make Sean a very juicy target. And oh, I, I had an ability where I could spawn any place I wanted on the board. <laughs> so I'm like, well, look at Josh over there, just chock full of damage and juicy, <laughs> juicy points. And I had a <laughs> ship that had I just got through that barrier, heals all its damage for free. Oh. But you have to be on a planet. Ah. I did not get to a planet. You did not get to a planet. So when uh, Sean got the two points for killing me, I lost the potential for those six points. Oh, no. And for those of you who don't know, Zaya really punishes you in a lot of ways for being greedy because <laughs> there's a lot of movement-based damage you can take from ice to, you know, force field barriers to asteroids. I wasn't greedy. I was on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't greedy. It was bold. That's yeah. what Starfleet officers say, right? <laughs> yes. I was boldly trying to take all the points and roll a bunch of 20s. <laughs> I, had the, I had the ship that lets you, uh, on your turn, you can choose to blow up and go respawn somewhere else. So I'd just go ram my ship into someone, take a bunch of damage, and go, ah, okay, reboot. That sounds exactly <laughs> like the kind of ship Sean would own. <laughs> I'll reboot and ram him again. <laughs> uh, BJ played that one with us. And awesome. He, uh, af- after the point of of no greed return, uh, <laughs> BJ just surpassed, and he was doing phenomenal, and he ticked down that board. He was in the last row before anybody. He was on like 18 points. He's like, okay, I'm winning this game. This is the turn. I'm winning. And he remembered how dice treat people. Oh, no. Well, there was an interesting piece that showed up uh, that that, a certain event 
that he kept complaining about the entire time. So basically, he was ahead, and we had an event that let everybody that was behind him get money oh, and yeah. <laughs> energy based on how far they were behind. I know that event. So I love that event. <laughs> yes, it was a fantastic one. So we just kept raking in money and getting all this extra energy and had this massive catch-up to him, and he's getting none of that stuff because he's in the lead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> My sister was playing with us, and she just just came from behind. She, she always went does way that. past us all, and she won. Actually, that's, I think, her first win of Zaya, and she was over the moon, <laughs> which is bad for us because we want her to lose so she gets mad and goes stand in a corner because then we <laughs> laugh at her. It's funny. <laughs> then you make some uh, great uh, videos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How is the corner? <laughs> Well, so you defeated the empire that is BJ, yes. despite him being in first place for what I assume was multiple rounds. Oh, yes. He did get second. <laughs> I still managed to get third. I got into the final row of scoring, so I'm, I was happy with my my performance. My lesson has been learned about greed. <laughs> You've learned the hard way, young one. <laughs> I lost all those points. For me, I, I won because BJ came in second. Yes. So that yes. was really my victory. <laughs> but, and Sean, and I would imagine you finally topped your best score of 11? I hit 11. What? <laughs> I tried and tried. I could not get one extra point. Oh, oh. it was a beating. That is another bar that Sean will have to surpass one day. <laughs> Past 11. <laughs> I do love it, though, because Sean always seems like he's having the most fun, despite never scoring victory points. (laughs) (laughs) He he is really the wild card of Zaya. The other new game that uh, we got to play was Messina 1347. And this game was therapy. Therapy? It really was. What kind of therapy? (laughs) It's about getting rid of the plague. In oh, Messina okay. in 1347. And how do you do that in Messina in 1347? While well, you burn the buildings down. I mean, that's how you cure plague, Fire. right? Fire. <laughs> that's one way to do it. It's a great way to do it. Uh, no, this game is very uh, very similar to, to games like Praga where your turn is fairly simple. Move a meeple. Move a meeple. Rescue anybody who's there. If it's a plague area, you put them in quarantine. We're all very familiar with that. I did have to say surprisingly a number of times that they go into quarantine alone. They cannot double bunk the quarantine areas. <laughs> Wouldn't work. <laughs> Wouldn't be a good quarantine. It's not quarantine <laughs> if you do that. Uh, and then you, if there is plague, you can, you know, burn the building down. Get points oh, for doing so. Not the one that you're, the one you put the quarantined people in. I no, don't. no, they're they're special <laughs> on your own board. Uh, and then you do the action in the location. Usually, just get stuff. But as the game progresses, it turns into, I'm going to do this thing. Oh, that triggers this thing. Oh, I got to move this. Oh, I got to go on that track. That gives me that bonus. So it's another one of those games. You're set out to do one thing. You get to do 15. Very point salad at the end of the game. Very fun game. Very fun Euro game. I'm glad you went in that direction because I thought you were going to say, of course, by the end of the game, zombies. Because <laughs> you've quarantined too many people that are sick, and one of them is going to be contagious. Well, that's the great thing about the quarantine areas. At first, they're nothing. They're just you have people that could be in your districts of the city helping being productive, but you can actually upgrade your quarantine buildings to where you get them working, healthy. And, yeah, you can. Uh, you have nuns, soldiers, and like farmers. Okay, yeah. so. And there's certain buildings that they're very good in, and uh, but in the quarantine areas, you can like they'll get you uh, gold every round. They'll get you gold. So you, the more you do, the more you buy, the more you build, the more that happens. 
it's very contentious too because only one person can be at a spot to take an action. So there are some actions that are definitely better than others and uh, being first in turn order is incredibly important in the game. So someone might take that spot and you're like, oh, I, I got to get first place so I can get my guy over there and take that spot before, you know, Sean takes it again and is a jerk and keeps me from getting that. Why would you do that? <laughs> and, and there's these tracks and then the victory point track and the game you see who goes first next round is based on who's the furthest along those particular tracks. So, you know, while like Sean says, this spot's very good for going first, but next round it's not very mm -hmm. good. You want to go somewhere else to be able to go first because you, the more plague you cure, the uh, the the further you move up certain tracks. The more people you get and that aren't in quarantine, they they drive your city more and get you more actions and resources and lots of cool stuff. I like it. Sounds like yeah. a very fun game. The only real meeple placement game that I play on the uh, regular is uh, Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> and boy, I can tell you about being corrupt in that game. I always have the plague. <laughs> or if you ask BJ, that's every game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he really leaned into the whole plague thing. He was going, so if you go to a spot and it's got the plague there, um, there are rats that you will take if you do not cure the plague. And uh, he seemed to be the rat catcher because yeah. he was loading up on rats. Well, rats are negatives. <laughs> in this game, you can't get rid of rats. It's just you have them, and it's uh, basically set collection. End of the game, you could lose 21 points or more. Ooh, but this, this uh, negative point track is actually fairly well balanced where if you try to get no rats, you're actually going to handicap yourself because you're letting actions go that otherwise would have been very good for you. So right around the four or five rat range, that's when you look at, okay, now these are serious points coming off. But like one one rat, is, you don't lose any points. One rat's not an infestation. Yeah, yeah. Four rats, you're getting kind of close. <laughs> BJ amount of rats and, well, you're the rat master. You yes. are become lord of rats. <laughs> and sometimes it can be beneficial because uh, the track for curing the plague – as you go up it, there's bonuses. Well, when you get a rat, you have to go back down. And you can sit and you can bounce back and forth with rats and keep getting the bonus. Because every time you go up, you get the bonus. Uh, see, that's the problem. I love bonuses. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't look at the negative uh, you know, uh, repercussions that might come down later in the game. I'll just get some more rats. <laughs> cool. But I believe, was that Rio Grande? I believe yeah, it was that's Rio, Rio Grande. Grande. Messina yeah. 1347 by Rio Grande. Rio Grande's been knocking it out of the park lately. We've been, we've played... Uh, Space Station Phoenix, Messina was, uh, who did Praga? Uh, Vladimir Suchi was the designer for both uh, oh, Praga yeah. and uh, Messina. Yeah. And, and you can definitely tell. <laughs> they're great. Awesome. Well, Sean, what about you? What uh, what game is, uh, sparked your interest this time? This, this Well, any of the three cons, really. I've been running a bunch of games of, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of weird, but Uno. Uno. Marvel Uno. Whoa. Ultimate Uno. There's ultimate Marvel Uno. There is. What? Who gets the reverse card? <laughs> so this is. It's an interesting. Wait, take. I have an answer oh. for that. Yes, Scarlet Witch gets the reverse. Card. Yes, Scarlet oh. Witch gets the reverse card. So, um, unlike most Uno games, you where you have a central deck and everyone's you know drawing cards off that. Uh, with this, each player has their own custom deck themed to their specific character. Okay, okay. So there's She-Hulk, there's Miles Morales, there's Thor, there's Scarlet Witch. Um, I've got ten different characters now. Uh, the, the game comes with four. I've managed to procure the other six characters in this game. So what you're trying to do is either typical Uno, you're trying to empty your hand of cards, or you're trying to burn everyone else's deck down. So at PAX, we played this giant seven-player game 
where, again, everybody's got their own deck of cards, but if you have to draw off your deck and you have no cards, you are knocked out and you lose. Oh, jeez. We ended up playing to where uh, my buddy Josh here, playing as a Scarlet Witch, was able to uh, I still had like 20 cards in survive. my deck when I was done. <laughs> yes. Wow. Her power is anytime she plays a reverse, whether it's a wild reverse or a regular reverse, uh, I get to heal a card back into my deck, and every other player had to burn a card. Ooh, and powerful. I had a lot of reverses. You thought there are a lot of reverses. <laughs> I like it. No wonder you had so many cards then. Who There's, were you playing, Sean? Uh, who was I playing? I think I was playing Doctor Strange that oh, time. Great character. <laughs> and each one plays so different, which is really interesting. Like some player, some characters are, you know, a lot more aggressive. Uh, Black Panther is his main thing is getting stuff from his discard into his deck to replenish his life. Uh, the people behind this really focused on making a hobby game version of Uno. And it really feels like it. Like, everybody that's played it has been like, I enjoyed this way more than I thought I was going to. This was actually fun. I mean, it's a great idea. You take Uno, which was already a classic game, really, that everyone loves, and then you add Marvel to it. And when you add Marvel to anything, <laughs> oh, man. What's the And making everyone feel individual. Yes. Not yes. just a blind luck. It's about managing your deck and trying to play your cards properly. It really does feel far more gamerly. And I also still have not lost at this game. <laughs> How is this possible? Well, I mean, you did thematically pick the lovely Doctor Strange versus uh, Wanda, apparently. <laughs> I also won with Spider-Man. Whoa. Because it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man don't lose. Spider-Man don't lose. It's got too many Spider-Man. Then Spider-Man went out early. <laughs> and this is an easy oh, one no. to get. It's 15 bucks at Target. You can find expansion characters at uh, Fred Meyer's. Like, uh, it, it's easy to teach to people, and it's like... You have to strategize how you're playing with your specific character. They actually put a lot of thought into it. It's not just window dressing for Uno. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, I, I like everything I've heard so far. I don't know what character I would pick, but like, I do kind of like... They uh, need more. <laughs> I, I want X-Men characters. I want... Yeah. I would even play DC Uno. <laughs> <laughs> but Batman. they'll probably just change the rules and make it weird. <laughs> Sorry, really, not really so commentary on the movies there. <laughs> <laughs> Batman deck, all the guns. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> what happened to the Batmobile? <laughs> well, guys, uh, final thoughts on the cons. Uh, you know, we uh, we had three uh, three weeks, three cons in a row. I know you guys got to see all your friends, hang out in all the cons, uh, wrap up feelings, games. Were you excited? What are you excited for now? Do you still have stuff you need to play? Well, I mean, we've always got games to play, <laughs> but uh, it was really recharging to be able to see people. Some some people I only see at cons, even though they're in the same area, you know. But uh, just getting that whole communal feeling again, you know, like hanging with people that are in the same things that you're into, and you know, gaming with people, and just having a lot of fun in a big group setting was just it was really really recharging and. Uh, just a wonderful feeling. A breath of fresh con air. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it was nice to be down, nice to... We ate one very expensive meal <laughs> and uh, several still expensive meals because downtown, unfortunately. But uh, I don't know, we had sandwiches delivered. That was excellent. Yeah. Um, the art, again, at ECCC, I, now I will be redecorating the game room. Again. Again. <laughs> but the problem is I don't want to just cycle the art, so i got to figure out more spaces to put it. So I need to figure out how to attach to the ceiling. There you go. Without <laughs> it falling, so I might not be able to use command strips. Oh, my gosh. I can just imagine BJ and you guys gaming, and he was just looking up being like, Josh, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm going to fall on my head. 
Now Sean's right. It's very recharging, and uh, yeah, more to come. More to come. Oh, do you do you already have one on the books, or are you just patiently waiting now? Sean and I will both be at PAX Unplugged in December. Uh, Dice Fest is coming up in October. Yeah, it is. I believe OrcaCon in January. I'm going to Dice Tower West again in March, exactly two days after ECCC in March. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which will be at the new convention center, so stay tuned oh, for details. That's right. If you are in the Seattle area, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it is. Well, moving along from the lovely cons, we still have some games we have to talk to. We have to get to some crowdfunding games. How do we talk two games exactly? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> if there's war elephants, I'm sure we're talking two games. Oh, you got me with war elephants. You know I love <laughs> war elephants, Josh. I will ride a war elephant to victory. So, uh, speaking of war elephants, I don't know if there's any kind of transition <laughs> for that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a game that's on Kickstarter. Uh, so, this game is called Forsaken, and it's by Game Trays. Yes, yeah. Game Trays, the company that makes all of the inserts for games. Made their own game. Hey, if BackerKit and GameFound can do their own version of crowdfunding, then BackerKit can sell game games. Trays. I don't care. Or Game Trays. <laughs> excuse me. Oh, my God. <laughs> then uh, Game Trays can definitely, and this game looks amazing. It looks fantastic. Holy cow. Uh, so this one funded in three hours. Uh, it's a competitive one-to-four-player wasteland sandbox game. And you're going to be playing in about 90 to 120 minutes. So think uh, Western Legends, but in that post-apocalyptic world setting. And apparently there's a lot more that you can do. Like your player and how they advance and the stories that they uncover. There's just tons and tons of content here for your characters. Um, I saw one reviewer mention that it's like playing the Mandalorian the game. Oh, okay, that's interesting. You, yeah. You've caught me. <laughs> Cowboys. And of course, because it's game trays, everything on this from the production level just looks incredible. Uh, the tray for your character is like specially designed with a very unique look to it and, and space for everything. Yeah, uh, you don't have player tableaus, you have player trays. Yeah, player trays. I love it. <laughs> of course. Uh, they really figured out how to, you know, place everything inside the box, of course, so the inserts are going to be amazing. Everything about this game just looks phenomenal. Um, it's definitely going to be one that's going to be a little more pricey, but they're going to be delivering so much content here that it's really they, worth it. They have my money. I'm back this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah, I like, long. Josh is going to back with it for sure. I am as well. Uh, so the base pledge for this one is $129. Uh, if you want the all-in, it's 179 and then if you want the all-in plus the audio. So they actually have uh, an audio app aspect to this, and they've put a lot of effort and money behind it. Uh, that's an extra 20 bucks, so 194 But they're doing it in a way where it's optional. Yes, it is, is optional. Which is nice. Oh, uh, I'm looking at these pieces. My gosh, the detail. Yeah. Like uh, hundreds <laughs> of encounters, thousands of possibilities. Yeah, so just because you play one character and you go down a special path, you could replay that character and have completely different encounters with that, that I character. I see 70 different outcomes, 20 yeah. story arcs. I mean, that's replayability you know, at the, at the maximum for one of these kind of games. And some people worry about, like, well, what if I, like, I don't necessarily play with the same people each time. 
it's a one and done thing. So you're going to play, you know, out a situation with all your different characters, and then the next time you play, it's going to be completely different, completely new. So you don't have to worry about always playing with the same people, which is also like something that really catches my eye for for sure. Hard to get a game group together with the same exact people every time. <laughs> it is. It is. So this one really leans into that. And uh, what are they at? Uh, 260K of their 90K. Okay, <laughs> so, so we'll borrow a couple. Lots of uh, extras that they're unlocking. Uh, there's about 1,700 people backing this. This is definitely going to be on the hotness. Like, if you're if you're looking for the game that's going to be talked about coming up soon, uh, yeah, definitely get in for this one because there's lots of cool content. I'm excited um, to hear you guys' playthrough when you get it. This one ends on September 29th. Oh, we'll just have you play with us. Yeah. I love this idea. I like to do with the giant red saber gun thing that he has on the cover, so dibs. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the board looks amazing. The yeah. three planets and the like, All the art. almost rondellish looking, but it's not. It's just, it looks amazing. Yeah, fantastic looking game. They did a dis- they knocked it out of the park. Uh, next up is in GameFound. So GameFound is another platforming uh, place to be able to uh, do some crowdfunding. So GameFound, uh, they have the latest version of KeyForge. Now, for anyone that didn't... Re- yeah. By so Ghost Galaxy? When did that happen? <laughs> so Ghost... Yes. So History of Keyforge. Keyforge came out, and Keyforge is a game where you basically pick up a pack of cards, and Joey, you pick up a pack of cards, and then we basically play our packs together. Okay. Um, there isn't deck building in, like, the Magic the Gathering, right? You're not creating customized decks. You're just playing what you get in that pack. Well, um eventually each deck that comes out is completely different, completely random, um, and they had some problem with their algorithm. So they ended up having to stop, and Fantasy Flight, which had it, um, ended up selling it off to uh, this other company. So they spent some time redeveloping, figuring out the problems that they had with their algorithm of actually creating all these different cards, and now they've come out with Winds of of Exchange. (laughs) So that's the new version of Keyforge. So, uh, what? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Winds of Exchange. Okay. So that's uh, that's the new Keyforge. So one of the things that they've got new, uh, there's a new house. Um, there were, before there was like three different place, three different houses in your in your deck. Uh, there's a new one that's the Mercantile. Um, there's new tokens for creature mechanics. Uh, there's some of the older houses that they're bringing in. So there's some new things to be able to check out for sure. Uh, if you want to get in on the starter set, which includes the starter set plus two Winds of Exchange decks, that's $50. And if you want just, you have the basic game, uh, you just want all the new stuff, then that would be $65. That's going to get you six decks. And again, each deck is going to be completely different from everybody else's. And not, not just each, like I have this faction deck. We could buy the same faction but they're still completely different. That's wild. Yeah. No two decks will ever be the same. I don't even know how they do that. I can understand why their algorithm probably had some uh, issues before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they had a problem before where they had, uh, you have special names for all the cards. So sometimes <laughs> you might get a name that's kind of profane. So they had to like work out getting rid of all the, uh, yeah, problematic The kinks and bolts, the nuts, <laughs> yes, everything exactly. like that. That's right, yes. <laughs> I see this is also, was this by Richard Garfield? I, I saw his name mentioned in it. Yes, yeah. He was the original creator for Keyforge. Oh, that's awesome. He yeah. has uh, some history in uh, card games. <laughs> card games and board games, for sure, yeah. So it's a, it's a really, really fun game. We've played it before. Um, and you don't have to worry about that Magic the Gathering thing where, like, well, I have to go chase this specific card. Like, yes. Just buy some decks and play. 
That is awesome. A lot simpler. No uh, rare. I don't know if they're rarities, but I mean, it sounds like you don't have that problem of I can't find the one card I want because all the cards are different. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they, they even have a thing like where if your deck is just demonstrably better than mine, there's a way that we chain your deck and make it more difficult for you to play uh, your special combos and stuff like that, making it a little easier for me to play. So it's got an, like an auto balancing system built into it. It's really neat. Uh, this is going to be ending on September 26th, so catch Keyforge on GameFound. Last, we want to talk about uh, this one is on BackerKit. So BackerKit. BackerKit. BackerKit is another place where you can do some crowdfunding. They started uh, on their thing. used to be BackerKit was just a place you would do for your pledge manager. Well, now they're starting to offer their own system. Uh, so over on BackerKit uh, by Tim Powers, Tim Powers of Bugle Brothers fame, uh, he's got a two-game combo here. He's got Fugitive, the second edition of that, and Run, which is a brand new game that he's developed. Uh, both are two-player games, and they play at about 10 to 30 minutes each one. So Fugitive is a hidden movement game. Uh, it's a deduction game where one player is the fugitive, and they're trying to make it out of the town. Uh, they're being pursued by an agent. That's This is the second edition of his game, so he's made some improvements, tweaked a couple things, added some new stuff. And then Run is a quick, tense, hidden movement game where it's like kind of a cat and mouse thing. Uh, one player is the runner who is navigating the city and they're using gadgets. And then they're being chased by the dispatcher who's sending helicopters and patrol cars to try and hunt them down. So um, it's got this back and forth, you know, cat and mouse style game. Uh, if you just want Fugitive, the second edition, it's 25 If you want Run, it's 33 and it's 50 for both. So you're actually saving some money by getting both together. Am I right to say these are two-player games? These are both two-player games, yes. Okay. We're trying to outwit the other player. I like it. I was going to say the board is very um, almost Archer-esque, if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah, very much. Well, it's got that sort of like, you know, criminal and the uh, uh, the cop, you know, trying to chase down that person. Really, really cool art. Um and you know, these games have really good ratings as far as, like, the, the edition of Fugitive that previously existed. Um, the art on this version of Fugitive is, I think, far better than the first one. first one looked a little more plain, in my, my opinion, but this one looks fantastic. Um, this is going to be ending on September 22nd. So if you like a good two-player game that's, you know, going to be quick to play on the table, uh, check this one out. That is on Backer Kit. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Well, thank you, everybody else, for joining us on another episode of BJJ's Board Game Alliance. We talked cons. We talked more games that you need to pick up very soon because their Kickstars are ending. And, of course, all the other game funding lovely uh, sites that I didn't even know existed until about three seconds ago. (laughs) And, Josh? Play nice. 